Alright everybody, welcome back internet. Tonight you have episode number two of Kenter at Your Own Risk, bringing Kent and Chris to you to discuss horror movies, uh, some top five, ten slash lists, and uh, going over a couple movies in a little more in depth. Kent, how you doing, man? I am good. Uh, a little tired at the moment, but... Uh Otherwise, I'm doing good. We've had uh, we've had some deaths going on. Like, well, I mean, Luke Perry died, but I also saw that Mona from Who's the Boss died. Did you see that? I uh, not only that, I just saw that. Like, literally, the first uh, headline that popped up as I opened this uh, the internet app to get prepped for this episode was a uh, uh, the lead singer and the frontman from The Prodigy just died too. Ah, wow. So, is that our three? As everybody always says, that it happens in three. Uh, I hope so. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm coming off of a vacation. Tomorrow's my last day before I have to go back to work. So, I'm, I'm definitely with you. I'm, uh, I'm not so much tired as feeling kind of, you know, that, like, last end-of-day vacation depression before you have to go back to real life. Uh huh. I I I hear you. I I don't know. I don't know how many blogs I've put up. I think I put up like seven in two days, and I'm kind of like I'm just starting to get into my vacation, so to speak. So I'll I'll be there with you come Friday. Friday is usually my my misery day, if you will. That's uh, it's the first I've ever heard everybody say the weekend is their misery day. But um, anyways, you want to get into it, man? This, Absolutely. This week's top, well, this month's and a half's top list was uh, 80 slashers. And I believe this is a horror genre that holds particular appeal to you and is near and dear to your heart. Uh, yeah. You know, it's not that this was the genre that got me into horror. It, it wasn't. But uh, there was like a stagnation in my life uh, for your right around like 10 years old where I was still watching like kids movies. I wasn't watching as much horror. And then I came across uh, I came across a film that we'll talk about that was high on both of our list. Um and that got me back into horror hardcore. So, yeah, slashers. I don't know. I I can't get enough of them. They're they're silly, but when they're done right, it, it's such a fun time. So, I, I don't know. I'm excited for this month. See now, personally, to me, slashers are a hard thing to quantify. Like when they're done right, they can be really, really good. But I think too many of them are derivative, and I, I just uh, like it's for me. I know you love them, but it's it's hard for me to like be scared of Jason Voorhees, you know, in Friday the Thirteenth. You know, I, I think that they've been a, a couple of decent Friday the Thirteenths, but like compare that to the original Halloween, you know, or you know, Nightmare on Elm Street. Not that. You know, it's aged that well, but the the concept of Freddy, you know, scares the shit out of me. You know, somebody who can kill you in your dreams. Whereas, you know, Michael Myers, 
before they got into some of the the middle entries, you know, it was just just a serial killer, you know, just a, a crazy dude walking around randomly killing people versus, you know, somebody who's been brought back to life by the devil who walks about as fast as, you know, I don't know, tar. <laughs> would, you know, just would you, the whole implacability of it. Would you say that... Sla- See, slashers... Uh, slashers, I guess, can be scary for, for kids. You know, like Freddy Krueger, I've heard, scared some kids, and that's cool. Um, but I would say slashers is like that genre of horror that you eventually get into, usually in your teens or 20s, where it's horror, but... It's like entertaining horror. It's not a a scary horror. Yeah, you know, I I would agree with you there. I mean, I think there are definitely entries that are are scary. And a lot of it depends on personal taste. Like, you know, for me, being a dude, Last House on the Left isn't going to be as scary as it is if you're like a young, single, 20-something-year-old girl living by yourself. Yeah. Fair enough. And, yeah, like... You know, four weddings and a funeral as a guy, that's terrifying to me. <laughs> so, yeah. I, I, it, it's its one of those wacky genres that exist, and I'm not sure... I, would you also say that it, if you were, like, a teenager today, do you think slashers would mean the same to you as they do... You know what I mean? Like... We we grew up in the eighties. We have eighties slashers. If you grew up like in the two thousands, would slashers hold as near and dear feeling to you? Do you think? Cause I, I don't. I don't think it would. I don't think so. And I think a lot of that has to do with Scream. You know, like you said, it was it's a good horror movie, but it also deconstructed slashers in such a way that it was hard to to watch them the same afterwards, especially. And I mean, even that was in the '90s. You still have, you have kids born today, probably who haven't even seen that. So, yeah, I keep seeing people say that they want Scream to be remade, and I'm still not sure if I want Scream to be remade. I I don't think I do. I would There's, I would say no. I mean, Wes Craven's dead. Freddy is a a great iconic character. I can see if you want to play around and try to do stuff with him, but leave most of his. Leave most of Wes's stuff alone. You know, I know it's hard to come up with original ideas, Hollywood, but there have been some great original horror movies in the last couple of years. I'll, I'll, I'll toss out a Wes Craven movie that I think, with the right vision, if Jordan Peele can prove himself with us and the remake of Candyman, I would be okay if he tried doing People Under the Stairs. People Under the Stairs would be a good one. I would love to see them redo, make a slightly less hokier with, you know, just normal special effects for this day and age with Stand Up, uh, Serpent in the Rainbow. Oh, yeah. What? Tw- that was one of the Pullman, right? Yeah, Bill Pullman with the, the voodoo. I, I saw that for the first time like three years ago, and I think I did it. I don't know. How long's West been dead? About two, three years, right? Yeah, it sounds about maybe 2016, 20... Yeah, it sounds about right. Yeah, because when he did, I, I kind of did a whole Wes Craven marathon, and uh, I don't know. There was that, and there was... I don't know. I want to say like one or two other ones that I don't 
I hadn't seen and uh hell just refreshing my memory on like the hills have eyes for instance was uh interesting definitely so. definitely <laughs> so all right well let's uh let's jump into uh this whole list because uh there's some selections uh uh that uh Christy made that I'm iffy on there's some selections I made that I'm even iffy on because you know we talked about it uh, on the Facebook page you know, what qualifies as a, a slasher it's you, weird you right know, yeah I mean I pulled up a list and it was a it was a huge list of um stuff from the 80s and there was a lot of stuff that like I thought qualified but then there was a lot of stuff that I'm like does it qualify like they had like Night of the Comet on there and I'm like yeah okay they're getting chased by like the the giant black zombie guy with the weird eyes but I'm like does that really qualify as a slasher or does it mean it takes place kind of after an apocalypse and they're kind of zombies or somebody's infected I was like I don't know but you know some of the list I looked at uh, I just in my in my mind, I said no, and, and then some of those lists I looked at, I'm like, yeah, the '80s were had a lot of slashers and a lot of bad slashers too, like Rocktober Blood. <laughs> oh, there are so many. Best way I can rem- I, I can say is that I saw a lot of movies that I would stare at at Captain Video back in the '90s and still didn't rent. Which, you know, if you're not willing to rent something from a from a movie rental place in the 90s when it was five movies, five nights for $5. Yeah, you're kind of scraping the bottom of the barrel, in my opinion. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, I can agree with you there. All right, so you want to start out with uh, Christie's? Yeah, we're going to tackle Christie's because... uh, Not not to pick on her, but she... You know, once again, this is all... subjective as to what you consider a, a slasher so uh you know some some of the stuff i'm uh actually there was only one that i found questionable i guess i would say so uh honestly want to start with number five and then lump two three four an honorable mention i yeah, like go ahead. okay all right so number five she had child's play which, uh, actually, all three of yeah. us had Child's yeah, Play at number five. I, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I didn't even realize that when I made my list. That's funny. Uh, yeah, we might as well just discuss it in general, since. Uh, yeah, you know it's funny. Uh, Russ's son just got into horror movies le- last uh, October, and he really got himself attached to the Child's Play franchise. So I let Russ borrow the I have seven of them I don't think I have the newest one I think there's eight of them but anyway I, I loaned them so that was Russell Sun's entry point to horror was child's play so that's cool interesting uh when it came out this was I don't know I felt like this was a pretty big success really like I remember being really well received and uh, I don't know. As a kid, I I really liked it. What well, I don't know. Had you seen many killer doll movies prior to Child's Play? Even 
Like, we know that they existed, but had you personally seen many? What year did Child's Play come out? If I say 87, I'd feel pretty good. 88. Okay, I want to say that yes, but give me one second. No. Okay. Alright, so I remember Child's Play came out. I didn't see it right when it came out. Puppet Master came out the year after, and I ended up seeing Puppet Master before I saw Child's Play. Child's Play reminded me of, like, a well-done Puppet Master. (laughs) It had actors who could act. You know, it wasn't um, that low-budget, full-moon whole kind of view that they had. Um, And, uh, I mean, there had been things that that did like the I want to say um, there has to have been at least you know one Twilight episode about some kind of weird doll or something Um, Twilight Zone episode? yeah like a Twilight Zone episode or an Outer Limits or something like that I'm talking Tina and I'm gonna kill you yeah yeah. I mean I remember the um, the Tales from the what was it Tales from the Crypt one with the Don Rickles yep but I think that was I think that was after Child's Play. It was yes. And I mean, I remember years later going back and um, there was this uh, like a anthology thing. I think it was made for TV and then they put it out on VHS afterwards. But it was called a uh, Trilogy of Terror. And uh, I want to say Karen Black in the third one gets chased around her apartment by a, a Zuni tribal doll that comes to life. And that was pretty good. But yeah, I mean. Chucky was like basically the first mainstream killer doll. Yeah, I mean, for because I didn't watch Twilight Zone until I was in my late teens, I want to say. So, and Trilogy of Terror, I do remember seeing. It was like one of those things I would see on like Fox Twenty Three. It was like the afternoon, Saturday afternoon type horror yeah, movie that, yeah, or some, you know, something like you know, or like on like Elvira kind of thing. Yeah, Joe Bob Briggs drive-in type. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's. Okay, so uh, I'm just saying, like, I'm looking at IMDb, and then when I typed it in, like, the new one comes up, and Aubrey Plaza's gonna be the... The mom, yeah. That's weird, and I really, 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 really enjoy Aubrey Plaza, so I'm... And Tim Matheson. uh, I'm kind of excited. I didn't know that either one was in this, so I'm cautiously optimistic about this. I think, uh... Correct me if I'm wrong, but they haven't really shown Chucky yet for the new one, have they? I'll be honest. I ha- I haven't like, looked like at any of them. I think they've shown just a picture of him, but they haven't really had him talk yet. I I haven't seen any uh, any of the trailers. So, are they bringing back um, what's his name for the voice, or are they doing a whole other voice? Do you know? Uh, looking at the cast list, uh, I don't see. Brad Dourif, right? Yeah, name? there's no Brad. So there's nobody listed as Chucky, so I'm wondering if Brad is. I'm also seeing that there's a Chucky TV series in development at Sci-Fi. So Interesting. I I don't know how the hell that works because it was every week a new mom gets their child a 
Chucky doll? <laughs> I don't know. Like that's that. I'm intrigued, at the very least. <laughs> um. Yeah. I remember liking this, and I also really, really like Child's Play too. I, I don't. I didn't have it as an honorable mention, and I don't. I think that was came out like 1990 or 91, but 90, yeah, 1990. Yeah, so it, therefore it wouldn't make the honorable. But I thought that was actually one of the better uh, sequels too, like in horror. I thought it was really good. Yeah, you know, it, it, again, I would say that this is the same type of thing that happened with like Nightmare on Elm Street, where you had a, a first movie that was a pretty decent mix of horror and comedy, and the further they went in the series, the f- more they moved away from horror and more they moved into comedy. You know, Ch- Child's Play 3, I-, I thought, was like a real low point, which bummed me out because they were like at some school, Kent, Kent U- it wasn't Kent University, but the name Kent was part of the school, and I was so disappointed at how much I hated <laughs> Part 3. Uh but you know, I I really did enjoy Bride of Chucky, and I can't I don't know that Bride of Chucky had John Ritter in it, right? Uh, maybe. <laughs> I feel I'm pretty sure it did. I I always like John Ritter. You know, it's a funny story. He's my stepdad's cousin. That is something. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that. Actually, Bride of Chucky had a great cast. Jennifer Tilly, Katherine Heigl, Alexis Arquette, uh, and Ritter. That's that's a pretty decent uh, cast, I think. Yeah, definitely. But um, Brad Dourif, uh, he's a great actor. Like, I don't I don't know if many enough people know how good of an actor Brad Dourif is. Brad Dur- but he does a ton of voice work too, which I don't think people know. Right, and he always has his IMD picture is amazing. I don't know what it's from, but I love his IMDb picture. It, I don't know. It just looks awesome. He's had that for twenty years, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, it's funny. We all had this at five. Uh, does, does that does that what's that say about 80s horror in, in that we all had this at number 5 does that say that we all really liked this or that this was kind of like the entry point for for 80s slashers I don't, I don't really know how to read into that one um uh, I think it, it it shows that like there's um a good solid middle like, it probably could have been at like number ten in a top ten list, or a number five in a top five list. And I don't think too many people would have a lot of problems. I don't think too many people would put it at number one, though. Right? I, yeah. I, you know what? I I actually was like, wonder when Leprechaun came out, and that didn't come out till ninety three, I think. You, you know so. what? And I would agree. I was having a discussion the other day. And somebody was like, you know, basically the '80s didn't exist as a as a, like a decade. You had like the early '80s were like the late half of the '70s, and then like the late '80s were like the early half of the '90s. 
yeah, they they kind of ran. You, they, you, I mean, you had like even even like stylistically, like what people were wearing. You had like the the chintzy shit that people you don't like to make fun of. Leftovers yeah. from the seventies, and then you hit like the precursor to the nineties with like the faux grunge and uh, you know like the. Uh, I really want to say I think that was like the beginning of like the uh, business casual kind of shit. So yeah, I I've seen. I mean, now it's a little different, but as a teen, I would see movies that were from the early '80s, and I was I would be surprised to find out that they came out in the '80s because they looked everybody looked still looked like they were in the '70s. I want to but. say like somewhere in the middle of the '80s was right about the time when they. I don't know what it was, but like the. Like you look back at a lot of early '80s, '70s, '60s stuff, you can see like the the film grain, you know, the graininess in the in the filming, and then somewhere in the middle of the '80s, I mean, they didn't have digital yet, but you know, it cleaned up a lot. Uh, yeah, there there was a a I don't know revol I don't want to say revolution, but yeah, there was stylistically you could the eye test told you that something had changed. So, yeah, uh, all in all, uh, good choice. Who the hell played the mom? Catherine Hicks. I don't know her for anything else. I know Chris Sarandon from stuff, but Catherine Hicks. I always like kind of looking over the cast from these older movies, yeah. just, you know. But this was her high mark. Uh, according to IMDb, she did Star Trek for the the voyage voyage home yeah and seventh heaven so yep this was the high mark good for her all right (laughs) (laughs) yeah seventh heaven (laughs) well you want to move on to christy's uh next bunch like you said (laughs) halloween five halloween four halloween two and, and her honorable mention Halloween three. <laughs> All right, so let's let's talk about Halloween three first because it's the it's the oddity, and I'm also not sure would you would you have considered it a slasher? I, I would I not have confi- considered that or her number one a slasher. Yeah. Okay. So we're on the same page here. Uh, although I don't hate Halloween three nearly as much. As a movie, I just hate that it's, it has that name. It's exactly what everybody who likes it says. If they had not called it Halloween 3 and they just called it Season of the Witch, yeah, it, it would have been, been a good fun. movie and people would have enjoyed it. But calling it Halloween 3 and having it be the one out of play, you know, Michael Myers, you know, that just set up a lot of disappointment. I'll go so far as to say I think I may have bought her Halloween 3. I think I did, because I don't think... I, I There was definitely some discussion about Halloween 3. I don't think she... she I don't even know if she'd seen it until I bought it for her. And we both agreed. Like, it wasn't a bad movie. It's just the bad taste in everybody's mouth, mouth by calling, calling it Halloween 3. But it, it wasn't bad. It was cheesy as hell. It was pure 80s horror genre. Yeah. Uh, bad shit crazy... But it was, it wasn't bad, but um, Halloween. It, it's weird because Halloween four 
like I don't know how many how many timelines we are in with the Halloween. What do we have? Like three different incarnations. I don't. Well, we've got the original and the sequel now. You know that came out what forty years later. E, which I still haven't. I, I I have to see it, but I still haven't done it. But yeah, I know. So then that puts Halloween two as a separate timeline. And then four, five, and six, <sighs> which also had, which also puts H two O as a separate timeline. H two O was definitely a separate timeline. And then yes. you have the the Halloween remake by Rob Zombie. Zombie. So that's what five. Yeah, there's a lot of. It, it's interesting Michael because Myers is kicking ass in five <laughs> different dimensions. <laughs> <laughs> like I didn't know like all the stuff about four, five, and six, and I can't really speak intelligently to it now. But like the there was like the whole cult. I don't know the cult of Michael Myers. There was it was weird. Like yeah. part six really was a weird movie. It, and I saw in the theater, I was like, this is not... Uh, I wasn't a huge Halloween... I, I hadn't seen many of them. I think I'd only seen one and two. But Halloween 6 came out, my mom liked Halloween, so I was like, hey, let's go see it. And as I was watching, I was like, this doesn't even feel right. They, they brought Donald Pleasance back, but it just... Uh, that Part 6 was really weird, and I wish that had never been made. Yeah. I don't even know what timeline Halloween Resurrection technically falls on. Oh, yeah, so six. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good times. Um, Halloween 2. Let, let's talk about Halloween 2, the original Halloween 2. I th- I would... I know this is going to be a list for down the road. I'm actually kind of considering it for October for best horror sequel. Like, best part two, like... I, that was kind of been my idea for October. Uh, I think part two for Halloween was really freaking good. What would you think? Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm not sure where I sit on Halloween two. I mean, I've seen people say that they like this, and then I've seen people say that they liked Zombies uh, Halloween two better. And that it's kind of I'm kind of fall in the middle. I I did not like Rob Zombie's Halloween 2 the first two times that I watched it. The third time, I opened up more to it. But what, I, what I'll say for Halloween 2, the original, I love that it was a direct sequel. Well, not only that, but pretty much Halloween 2 has given us, for the most part, the mythology, correct? Yeah, like... Like, Laurie was his sister. You know, he... Blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. Yeah, which... Which, I mean, she was just a victim in the first one. And this is... I, 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 I'm going to get in my soapbox for a second and just say, Halloween 1 is a great movie, but it is so overrated because it does not give much of a story. And that, that bothers me how highly regarded Halloween 1 is... When when you have to get to the sequel to get the story behind it, I don't know. That kind of bumps me out a little bit. It angers me how 
highly regarded Halloween one is. It, it, it does. Like, it's a great movie. I like John Carpenter. I love the music. I, I love a lot of things about it, but knowing what I know now, it's like, you guys couldn't have given me a little bit more story in the first one, which is why I always kind of have defended Rob Zombie's Halloween remake. Well, I think part of it, too, is be- it's the difference between just making a single scary movie and realizing that the scary movie you're going to make is going to be turned into, regarded as a classic and turned into, like we said, uh, 40 years worth of sequels. It, yeah, and at the time, I mean, did John Carpenter even think like, oh, we're going to turn this into something more? Well, I mean, they, they ended up, he was one of the writers for the script for, for two. But, um, yeah, considering that they did, what, three years afterwards? I'm assuming that they probably didn't realize originally that it was going to be become a series and that it just ended up evolving to that after it became so successful. It, well, yeah, wasn't isn't the story basically that it was always intended to be almost like a horror anthology with each Halloween being a different story, but due to Michael's popularity that they just made it into a franchise instead? That sounds... Absolutely spot on, and I'm not going to contradict you on that. Good. Don't. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, I I don't know. I I had Halloween 2 at number 3 on my list, so obviously I really also liked Halloween 2. Now, 4 and 5, how do you feel about those? Four, five, and six, in my mind, just basically kind of occupy a pit. And they, they, were, they were. Go on. They were horrible. Like, I want to say the, which one was it? The Curse of Michael Myers? That was pretty fucking bad. But uh, That was part six. That was the shit yeah. one. I, I, if I could delete any one Halloween, it would be part six. But, yeah, I mean, four and five weren't too bad but it, it wasn't you know they i don't say like hey it's the weekend let me go put on halloween four sit down and chill <laughs> i like that amc always shows halloween four and five in october it's part of their commercial i like seeing the little girl in the clown costume i like that part they they kind of followed follow the tradition because part five took place immediately after part four like you can watch Halloween 1 and 2 in one sitting and treat it as one movie. Yeah. You can watch part 4 and 5 together as one movie. I like that a lot, to be perfectly honest. Yes. Yes. Um, I don't know. I thought they told a really good story, and yet, I don't know. The Halloween franchise, <clears throat> I don't know. Like, There's so much... There's a lot of negativity amongst the horror fans, I, I feel, sometimes like it's one of those things that people sometimes maybe take a little too seriously because there's a lot of people that really hate part four, five, and six. They just think it bastardized everything, but, you know, then they really, like, ooh and ah over H2O, which... Uh, I I wouldn't ooh and ah over H2O. (laughs) Not at all. I, I didn't... I don't know. That movie was really hyped, and I remember thinking I'd heard a lot of horror fans say, oh, this is so good, and then I saw, I was like, it's okay. I 
I wouldn't go in much more than it was okay. It was n- a nostalgia flashback before that was cool, I think. Yeah, I agree. So, um, it, it really, f- that one really to me felt like they were trying to do the whole, hey, let's Wes Craven, you know, this story will throw in, you know, a bunch of good looking teenagers and. Just watch him fucking ice the shit out of them. That ah, I, I don't have it up yet, but that one that one had LL Cool J in it, right? LL Cool J, Josh Hartnett, Michelle Williams, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Jesus, yeah, that I, is. I forgot he was in it actually. <laughs> yeah, I like JGL. See, I don't actually. Maybe this is why I don't like it. I don't like hardly anybody in the cast for actors. Wow, that's pretty funny. I would say out of everybody, uh, I like LL Cool J, but not really as an actor. Michelle Williams I don't dislike. I like Adam Arkin. Why do I know that name? Is he famous for something that I should know? Uh, I, I'm thinking, I was thinking of Alan Arkin. You know, especially once I clicked on him and I was like, oh, yeah, I don't know this guy. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Same here. Okay. Uh, yeah. I, I, I've never liked Hartnett. I. Uh, JGL. Really? I don't know. I have to see more of his stuff. Uh, I don't want to unfairly criticize him. I, I, he was one of those who definitely was like. As a kid, I would have just like been like, "Go fuck yourself" if you told me to like. But uh, <laughs> um, he's seeing, grown up, yeah. Seeing, right? Yeah, well, it was like Leonardo DiCaprio. You know, when he first came out, I thought he was super overhyped, but you know, he's put definitely put in the effort and and the work that I can't fucking sub- sub- take away anything from him. But yeah, like Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Like I really liked him in um, uh, basically like starting in, from Inception on when I started seeing him in those kind of roles. Yeah, I was like, yeah, this this guy can actually act. He's not just, you know, the cute kid from fucking Third Rock. Yeah, I'm looking at his big movies, and, uh, well, I've long hated Inception, and I'm not wavering on that stance. But I haven't seen many of his, uh, his movies, I'm, I'm realizing, so... Once again, I feel good about taking a stance that I don't know enough about his acting to really say much. Yeah. Uh, that's a bummer. But, alright, do we have any other thoughts on Halloween before we move on? Uh, I think we pretty much covered, like, every single one of them. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Absolutely. Alright, so her number one is a curious choice... My, in that I, she, I, I'm, I'm more curious in like how you arrive that it's a slasher than that it's the top of her list. Alright, so she had Evil Dead 2. And... I'm not... Alright, at this point, this wasn't as scary as... Like, Evil Dead goes scary, then scary funny, and then funny. Like... Yes. And there's not a fourth movie. That doesn't exist. I will not acknowledge its existence. Uh, 
I don't know. I don't really know how you... Is it because it was just... There wasn't even a lot of killing, though, in part two, was there? From There, no, because, you know, everybody that he went with is already dead. The The four other people show up. And, uh... They die throughout it, but, I mean, other than the... The gross chick in the basement. Yeah. Huh. Well... I, I, I want to just say that, you know, I, I think I speak for you. I mean, Evil Dead Two is a f- really good, fun movie. I, it's we're just not sure how to classify it as a slasher. Yeah. So, let's just move on from that because, <laughs> I mean, hopefully the Evil Dead movies come up in a list down the road where we can analyze it a little deeper. But right now, I can't, I can't rationalize discussing it as a slasher. Yes, I agree. Okay. All right, you want to tackle yours? All right, yeah. Uh, so we got Child's Play. <laughs> Already gone over it. Uh, my number four was Maniac Cop, and it's basically there for uh, Bruce Campbell, <laughs> and uh, and <laughs> what the hell was it? Robert Zadar? That guy's freaking crazy looking in real life, but uh, I didn't think it was. A horrible movie. I think they again is another one that got worse as they they went along. But um, like I said, uh, I I didn't necessarily align with the slasher so much as I did with uh, other scary movies in the eighties. But um, there were there were a handful that I really enjoyed. Yeah, this was one I went back and watched after I became a Bruce Campbell fan when Army of Darkness came out. So it wasn't one that I watched originally right as it happened. So I haven't seen this movie recently enough to... I, I think I feel like I've only ever seen it once, and I I don't remember enough about it. That's why I held... I, I didn't include it on my list, because I couldn't speak to it. Uh, so The other thing I liked was like that they even... You know, none of the, it wasn't like the perfect characters of like the '80s. You know, it wasn't the hero wasn't you know like you know like almost like you know Captain America level good. You know, he had he had flaws and he cheated on his wife. That's why they were that kind of shit. So I mean, I guess it was part of that uh, example of like the that we saw through the '90s into the 2000s. You know, the flawed hero kind of beginning kind of shit. Are they remaking Maniac Cop again? Because I'm looking at the more like this, and there's a ton of movies, ton of Maniac Cop movies, but there's one that's uh, in development, apparently. Hmm. So, nothing else is really... So this this is probably a movie that may or may not get made within the next ten years. <laughs> yes. <laughs> But that's all right. Now, the original Maniac, because I I know that has nothing to do with Maniac Cop, but was the original Maniac an 80s movie? Uh, There's so many Maniacs. 1980. Okay. See, I, I love... The 2012 remake with Elijah Wood. I thought that movie was great. Yeah, it was actually, it was pretty good. Yeah. But, alright. 
I, I don't have anything to add to Maniac Cop. I, I wish I did, but it would just be me spewing on nonsense. <laughs> no problem. For my number three, I had The Stepfather. Um, I remember this one really fucked with my mom when she saw it the first time. Scared the shit really? out of it, yeah. Interesting. I don't know. And this was before my parents got divorced, so maybe it was <laughs> freaking figuring something. Yeah. <laughs> but a, I, I, I think it was a decent story. I mean, it, it did well enough to be end up being remade in the two thousands. But uh, it was also the first thing that I ever remember seeing Terry O'Quinn in, and that guy's a pretty fucking good actor. So Terry O'Quinn, yeah, he is. He's still alive. Okay. I thought he may have been dead. It was a questionable thing whether he was alive or dead, in all honesty. So, good to see he's still alive. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's he's agreeing with us right now. <laughs> <laughs> Somewhere, Terry Quinn is listening to Kenter at your own risk. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, here's another movie that I haven't seen since probably the decade of the 90s so my memory is not that strong what's this about can you can you give a little bit uh dude grows crazy and offs his entire family uh and then changes his look and his personality and remarries and uh you know then begins to just do the whole cycle all over again so basically a serial killer who murders the family that he marries into i can get so behind everything you just said uh that is making it onto my uh, my Chris list. So, and you know this? I forgot that the sequel was in the '80s too. But the sequel was pretty good too. Stepfather too. Hmm. Anybody good in it that you know of? Uh, Meg Foster. Oh, I like Meg Foster. Jonathan Brandis was the kid. Jonathan Brandis was the kid back then. Damn it, <laughs> <laughs> he really was. He was in. Th- some decent shit as a kid, and then as... Does he act as an adult? He died. Wow, okay, the, the, so I feel like an ass. I want to say the last thing he did, do you remember um, the guys who did uh, something about Mary did that one called, like, uh, Providence, Rhode Island? Yeah. That was the last thing he was in. Oh, wow. Yeah, I mean, I think... I, I mean, I, I best know him for it, but I mean, I do remember him in Ladybugs, Sequest. Sidekicks. Yeah. Yeah, gee, he had a good... For for a child actor, Never he had a... too. Oof. Yeah, good. Wow. He even did an episode of Saved by the Bell, the college years. Shit. No shit. <laughs> actually, he even did some decent TV shows that I liked. Like, he actually had a... Yeah, he was in Ghost Dad. I liked Ghost Dad. Wow. I actually like his career. A lot of fond memories going through, like... Even the TV shows, I, I liked a lot of the stuff that he did. Alienation, I loved that TV show. The Flash, that first TV show, that was pretty good. Yes. Yeah. What are yours? Blossom. Good. <laughs> I liked Blossom back in the day. I also really liked Jen Jenna Vanoy. 
right, cool. Uh, do you have anything else you want to add with the stepfather? No, I think that pretty much hits it. Although, I will correct myself. I was wrong. Outside Providence wasn't the last thing he did. He did a couple of things. Bad Girls from Valley High was actually the last thing he did. Which I mean, that's, like that'd be the probably the, the best movie that he did. Yeah, I was going to say, if I was an actor, if that could be the last film on my resume, I'm not bitching at all about that. <laughs> all right. So my number two, I, I really had to debate between that and my number one. But uh, the number one's a classic. I think the number two is one of the best horror movies in the 80s, and it gets underplayed a lot. And the people who remember it think more of the, uh, the 2000s remake with Sean Bean than they do with the original. But uh, The Hitcher, I think, was just pretty fucking awesome. Uh, that was back when Rucker Hauer was still in his slim phase. <laughs> and uh, C. Thomas Howell still looked young. <laughs> Way back. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, considering now that what I just saw him in the the Punisher, and he was fucking old as shit looking. I saw him in Walking Dead. Uh, it was just this season, and I was like, "That dude looks really familiar." And then I was like, "Oh my god!" Like that realization that C. Thomas Hall was like, "Okay, interesting." Yeah, he didn't stay golden. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, he did not. He was. Uh, he was friends. I can't remember who the hell directed that particular episode. I'm looking it up. Was it... Uh, oh, it was Cudlitz. H- him and Michael Cudlitz are friends, and that's how he ended up doing that one episode. I can see that. Yeah. Uh, this is a good... This is actually a really good cast. I love Jeffrey DeMunn. I, I, I like Jennifer Jason Lee. This is a solid cast. Yeah. It was, wow. you know, part of it too was um, there, there are scenes where, you know, like stuff doesn't necessarily make much sense. You know, like you, if you analyze it, you're like, that's a plot hole. But the um, part of it is because the, it was a, supposed to be filmed almost like a, you're experiencing like a fever dream kind of a, kind of a imagery kind of thing. But the, are you seeing? That this has like a 32 meta score, but on IMDb has a 7.3. Like, that's actually one of the bigger gaps I've ever seen between two scores on this site. Yeah. That's a huge gap. I'll say this the cover for this, look, you know, once again, using the, the kid experience, I used to think the cover to this was actually pretty scary looking <laughs> from a kid's perspective. Well, I mean, part of it, too, is, and I don't know if you probably wouldn't like this, because they never explain him. You don't know why he's doing all this. You don't know why he's fucking with this guy. He just is doing it to do it. Yeah. Yeah. I have not... Man. I I like this list for the fact that it's going to make me want to go back and watch these movies I haven't seen in over probably 20, 25 years. Yeah. Bringing back some good stuff here. It's funny you mentioned Sean Bean because I just had a conversation about him yesterday, but I had a conversation about Sean Bean 
while watching your number one film yesterday. So kind of weird that you brought Sean Bean up. So you were watching A Nightmare on Elm Street 3 and talking about Sean Bean. How, yeah, how does that work out? Well, I don't necessarily... So here's the thing. Uh, I was showing uh, my friends Tom and Kaylee uh, my NVIDIA Shield and the Plex, and I was like, you know, sh- just going, kind of showing them, like, what it was all about, and end up on Nightmare on Elm Street 3. I was like, you know, just kind of showing them the video quality, and then it just kind of stayed on, and I found out that Tom had never seen Nightmare on Elm Street 3. I was like, well... We had time to kill, so I actually watched this yesterday, uh, and during the course of the movie, somehow Sean Bean got brought up, may have had something to do with a side conversation about Larry slash Lawrence Fishburne. I don't know. (laughs) But, uh, and just for everybody's knowledge, I, I also had this number one, uh... There was nothing going to stop me from choosing this as my number one. But why did you have it number one? It it hit the sweet spot for Nightmare on Elm Street, I think, where you had the music, the script, the creativity um, to the that you know one. Especially now, going out and rewatching it, it's definitely dated. Three doesn't feel as dated to me. Plus, you had, you know, the whole idea of hey, let's try to fight back, and the the scenarios that that comes up with lead to I think some of the coolest deaths within the series. Um, good characters. I mean, it just it's hard to fault. It's it's a good movie. It's just overall a good movie. Like, I'll say, if you had to show a person one Nightmare on Elm Street movie, this would be it. You wouldn't choose part one, I don't think. If you want to get somebody hooked on on Nightmare on Elm Street, I think you start with part three. And all in all, as you said, like, this probably has the best uh, characters uh, in the franchise. Kincaid was great. Um, a lot of good, um, good mixture of, uh, you know, Hollywood names like Patricia Arquette. This was, uh, one of her early works. Um, you know, Larry Fishburne before he changed the name, uh, they brought back the freaking incomparable John Saxon. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I love John Saxon, man. I think we had a... Did we have a discussion on it, or was this just a talk when we were going over um, the first nightmare in the block? We were talking about just how much of a badass John Saxon was. I, I, I pre- it was just I don't I don't even remember. I, I remember ha- talking about him, and I don't know. It's funny though, like so. Tom's not a horror guy, but he obviously knew him from uh, Enter the Dragon, mm-hmm. and. Uh, I'll, I'll say this. There's one person in this cast that I don't like. I hate who they... I don't even know the guy's name. I, okay, I, I now know the guy's name as I'm looking at the cast list. Is there... 
If you had to pick one person that you don't think I would like, who would it be? don't know it is dr neil gordon who reminds us of bill maher i i i really disliked that guy i i don't know i i didn't like how he acted i didn't like his face i just didn't like him <laughs> okay yeah i can see it now i got gotcha. you i don't know he like at least the 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 head nurse the the nurse ratchet of, of this film like she was hateable but I mean she did her job good I just didn't think I didn't like anything about the the Doctor Neil character and I didn't like how it was performed um I I really wish they would have had somebody different for it but uh, um you know I I'll I'll say this. I, I've long made a pledge that if I get remotely like average size again, I don't want to say thin, but average size, I will get a tattoo on my back, and it will be the puppet scene with Freddy, Freddy's face in the sky puppeteering uh, Philip. <laughs> That's like one. That is my favorite thing from Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, and I know, like, the Freddy Worm gets a lot of love, and I like the Freddy Worm, but uh, there's so many other, th- I don't know, there's so many great things in, in this one that, I don't know, I always thought Puppeteer Freddy w- was better. Um, I also need to, I, I want to make fun of, so, like, they, they get hypnotized, they take the hypnosil, and they're in the room, and everybody's like, this is what I can do in my dreams. So Kristen's dumbass takes her turn. And she's like, look at me. And she does a fucking cartwheel. Everybody else is doing like cool shit. Like the guy who can't walk can walk. You know, Kincaid can bend the shit out of like solid metal objects. Kristen's like, I can do a fucking cartwheel. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> you couldn't have done something slightly better for her? I don't know. <laughs> I, I always like it's it's funny, and and that's the thing. That's what's so great about this is that there's a lot of comedy to it. Like there, there's us poking fun of it, but there's also Freddie became like witty in, in this one. Yeah, he it's good. You know, welcome to Hollywood, bitch. And Jaja Gabor was in it too. I, I don't know. I. I I could probably go on at least 20 minutes about this movie, so uh, I won't say too much more. But God damn it, I, I really loved it. Are we led to believe that Joe? Like, so was was Joey's dream power that he could yell so loud that he could break mirrors, or was that not meant to be his dream power? Uh, I think that was supposed to be like a side effect, but. I mean, that if that was his only... That seems like, again, I can do a car wheel. I can break mirrors. You know, kind of shit. Right. It, also, god damn it. That nurse, still ridiculously hot. <laughs> she has held up through the years. Uh, 
Props to her. Uh, that's also, you know, I used to think it was super cheesy, and I know it's super cheesy, but looking back on it, I don't, I don't poke as much fun at it. I still laugh my ass off, but you know, the the skeleton at the end. It was, you know, it, that was '80s through and through, right? Yeah. Like, oh yeah, uh, and. I was trying to figure out why, why do why did Amanda Kruger go by Sister I don't know Helena Mary or or something like that? Like, do you if you're a nun do you get to change your name? I, I didn't understand the name change. Um, I think you, I, I I'm not sure, but I think you do. Like you take a like a a Catholic name as your. You know, your actual name. Gotcha. You know, it doesn't it doesn't replace it, but it's fair enough. Like I, th- I think in like Sister Act, where everybody was Sister Mary something. Like I don't think uh. I don't think every single one of them had Mary as a first name, but you know, Mary Catherine, Mary Clarence, Mary blah blah blah. That makes sense. All I, all in all, uh, I'll say this: this this movie is it, it's definitely my top three all-time favorite horror movies that that's the biggest compliment I can I can give it because without this movie I Freddy Krueger probably isn't my favorite horror movie icon so I, I can't give enough props to this yes <laughs> uh, do you have anything else to add? oh and and Dokken <laughs> I would feel really remiss if I did not say rockin' like Dockin'. Yep. <laughs> but but Tom, Tom did not understand. He's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, go ahead and just find any guy that was born in the late 70s, early 80s, and say rockin' like Dockin', and at least 35% of them will know what you're talking about. I feel that's a fair percentage. Well, the only reason I knew who Dokken was before this came out was because we ended up getting a dog from a uh, like a family that had uh, I don't want to say abused him, but they like they couldn't take care of him, and his name was Dokken. <laughs> so, really, that's yeah. cool, huh? There we go. That, that's some good shit. All right, uh, we good to move on? You'd say? Yeah, let's hit your freaking. Zillion and a half honorable mentions. All right. In all fairness, I'm going to lump a lot of shit together because they all follow the exact same thing. So uh, you can realistically say um, Slumber Party Massacre one and t- one, two, and three, especially because that there's the one scene where the two chicks get topless, and as a teenager, I rewound the shit out of that VHS tape. <laughs> um, sorority house massacre, cheerleader massacre. Basically, if it ended with a massacre, it was all basically this. I feel like they were all made by the same production company. I'm not 100% sure on that, but I think they were. Uh, I remember Slumber Party Massacre was the drill killer, which, what a terrible device to go around killing people, but. Well, this was just schlocky schl- 80s just, horror. Just imagine, like. You're getting ready to do your kill, and the battery runs out. 
Uh, yeah, like, do you, do you go for the hand drill and just be like, I'm so sorry this is going to take longer than usual. Yeah, I'm just, would you mind holding up? Bear with me for a minute. Oh, God damn it. Well, I'll say that the this serves its place for, like, if, if you want something mindless or just background noise, you can't. You're not necessarily going to hate yourself for having any of these massacre movies. So that's why they're all on the list. They all bring fun memories. Um, I guess House on Sorority Row kind of belongs in that same conversation, but I felt that movie was really well done. And it was remade. They did a remake. They didn't call it the same. I can't remember what they called it, but it had uh, Carrie Fisher in it as well. It was like in 2007. Might just been called Sorority Row. Um, I really liked it though. I, I liked the original. I liked the remake. I'd seen the remake before I saw the original, but both hold up pretty damn well in my opinion. Okay. Um, April Fool's Day. That's a movie that I I feel like it's going to get remade at some point because it was. A, it I was don't a remember decent. that one at all. Uh, it was. Mm, I don't, I don't want to really give away the, the plot twist, although most people would probably see it coming, but uh, it's worth it. Like Back in the day, this it was a decent plot twist. Uh, slow moving at times, uh, especially early on, but I don't know. I thought it was actually one of the better 80s horror movies, and it, it never gets enough love, so I, I really just wanted to acknowledge it and i would say of anything that's on my list that if you haven't seen it i would probably say go watch april fool's day interesting okay um moving on let's see no, you know we just talked about nightmare on elm street so i'll tackle part one and four i mean i'll never include part two in any positive list because part two is trash and never I'll, I'll happened give it this they tried to do something different they failed, but they tried to do something different. Yeah, I'm still not okay with giving it any kind of props whatsoever. <laughs> Just not okay with it. Uh, the, uh, wait, I'll give one prop. I think the opening scene in that bus was actually pretty damn cool. Okay. Yeah, I can't, I won't take that from you. But uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 4 does not get enough love, and... I would say it's the second best Nightmare on Elm Street movie. Which one was that? The Dream Master? Yes. Yeah. So they brought back Kristen, Kincaid, and Joey. They're the first three that get offed. And Kristen brings Alice into her dream. And then, you know, because Kristen was dating Alice's brother, who was the kung fu dude. And they have the anything, anything amazing scene where... The the guy can't see Freddy. Freddy's invisible, and like they have this fight, and he somehow can like start beating up invisible Freddy. It was so cheesy, but it was delightful. Yeah, that was a pretty good one too. Uh, really good music in Part Four. So uh, I don't know. I really hold Part Four. I didn't used to like it as much, but the more I watch it, the more I I really sit there and I'm like. This does not ever get enough props. So, um, I had Friday the 13th. Uh, I put three, four, five, seven, and eight, but if I had to pick just one, I'd probably go with number seven 
with the telekinetic girl. What what was the was there was there a subname for that one or was it just seven? It wasn't a new beginning. Uh, it wasn't Jason takes Manhattan. <laughs> the new blood. New blood. Okay. Yeah, I don't know why that one. Like me and Eric, every once in a while, we'll we'll get talking about it. He really loves Part Seven, and I agree. Like it's one of the best. Friday the Thirteenth, if not the best. I don't know. I like everything about I it. I never saw this one. No. No. Now that I'm looking at it, I saw up through six. And then uh, and then, Jason lives and. Uh, not Jason. What was the? Jason goes to hell. Jason in space. Blah blah blah. Takes yeah, Manhattan. Jason. Jason takes Manhattan was eight. Then. Jason Goes to Hell was nine, Jason X, and then the remake. Which I love the remake. I never saw the remake either. Ooh, I'll tell you this. Because I don't want to spoil how amazing the beginning is, and I'm not overselling this in any way. But I saw it in the theater, and by the time the opening credits roll... It's one of those movies that has like a scene before the opening credits. By the time you get to the opening credits, everybody in the theater was clapping. I was shocked at that. Really? Yeah, I, I, not used to having like a, an experience in a theater where like the crowd is kind of involved. But uh, yeah, everybody was super stoked. It's kind of like it was almost like a horror version of like going to like a Star Wars movie. In the theater, you know how like sometimes you get that yeah, yeah, right yeah. audience. Uh, yeah, for for whatever reason, that was the audience for uh, the remake. Uh, but yeah, I had to include Friday the Thirteenth on there. Um, none of them are great movies, but if you're in the mood for it, you know it's fun. Yeah. Um, let's see what else. Chopping Mall. Have you seen Chopping Mall? Uh, it sounds familiar, but... Robotic security guards in a mall that think that the teens that are partying in the mall are thieves or some nonsense. It's Basically, it's the robots cunt. No, I have not seen Chopping Mall. <laughs> I wasn't sure if I could include it as a slasher, but... I, I felt it met the criteria. You have a killer who is after a specific group of y- young adults who are partying and having sex and drinking. I, it's in a mall versus in the woods, but I think it still qualifies as a slasher, so I included it. Um, it's it's a horror comedy, so if you want something a little bit more lighthearted that you can kind of just giggle at... Gotcha. Uh... uh I've shown I've shown chopping mall to like four or five people. I have no shame about that. I I, I don't know. I think it was great, and it had um. What well, what was the name of the old dude that just died from Gremlins? Oh um shit, Dick something wasn't it? Yeah, Murray Futterman. Yeah, he was in it very briefly, but he was in it. Um, so. Definitely, if you if nobody if you any listeners haven't seen Chopping Mall, 
find a way to watch it. I think it might still be on like Amazon Prime. That's how I originally came across it. <laughs> um, it was just like I read like the the two sentence synopsis. I'm like, this sounds amazingly bad, and I was I was stoked. So yeah, um, I'll move on. I have. Just one one more set of honorable mentions, and that would be the Sleepaway Camp, um, which I'll be tackling later. But Sleepaway Camp One is very memorable. Uh, which you've seen Sleep? Which was the one that ended with the uh, I'm, penis? Yeah, that'd be part one. Okay, so that's, that's the most I, memorable. My a, a guy my mom and dad knew in when they lived in New York when they had me before they had to move upstate when they had my brother worked on sleepaway camp one, it was like one of the camera crew or something. So I remember her being all excited and wanting me and Jay to watch it. And she fucked with us cause she didn't tell us about that at the end. <laughs> so, I was like, thanks a lot, mom. Um, I'm going to just get into it when I get to, to it later. I, cause I, I got a little spiel about sleepaway camp. So, I'll move on and I'll say Child's Play ahead at number. F- I have a lot of repetition, so my list is actually short because we've already covered. My number five was Child's Play. My number three was Halloween Two, and my number one was Nightmare on Elm Street Three. That leaves me with two movies: uh, The Burning. Have you ever seen it? I have not. I had never seen it until like two years ago. Uh, fucking George Costanza's in it. I can't think of his... Jason Alexander. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if there's anybody else notable in it. If you like Friday the 13th type movies, this is like... It's very similar. I think the story is pretty... I think the story is better, actually. Interesting. Um, very underrated movie. Uh, um, oh, if I'm not mistaken, there is some... 80s bush in that fucking movie. <laughs> it, I, I remember just, I'm sitting there thinking, my god, the fucking hair there. Holy shit, Fisher Stevens was in it? It's, it was solid, man. Holly it, Hunter? It, yeah. <laughs> it, it was surprisingly, uh, I don't know, and the, the kills were good, like, they weren't great, they weren't, like, very graphic, because you know, it was 81. They were still kind of working out how graphic they could be at the time. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, dude, there's a lot... I don't know, there's a lot to like about it. It's a very enjoyable movie that didn't get enough love uh, nowadays. So, uh, Which will bring me to my number two movie, which is Sleepaway Camp 2. So, basically, Sleepaway Camp 1 has the big reveal at the end um and that's shocking it's like a shocking ending the movie itself is okay and it's probably the i think it's the preferred movie out of the well now there's four of them but i will always say part two is better because they took all the cliches of horror movies from then as far as far as like camping goes and like they even have like a a, a nod to Jason and Freddy at yeah, one I point. Yeah, the, they got the the glove and the mask. Yeah, um, 
They have a super hot chick that gets topless. Um, the killer is Bruce Springsteen's sister. I'm pretty sure it's his sister is the killer. Pamela Springsteen. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's she's fun as hell. She <laughs> is a delight. Um, it, it's it's cheesy. It's 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 kind of like. Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 4 level of comedy horror because it's still horror but they throw enough kind of nods to the audience where you're kind of like ah. um, it, it's it's just cliche ridden camp horror movie but it's probably the best done of all the horror camp movies in my opinion and then Part three is a direct takeoff of part two, which I liked. I really liked it. Just wasn't as good. But have you seen any of the Sleepaway Camps? Uh, just the first one. All right. I would highly recommend. I wouldn't recommend Return to Sleepaway Camp, even though they brought back Felicia Rose, who was in the original. I. It just didn't feel as exciting. But part two and three. Uh, I'm pretty sure are streaming on some service. I know they were very recently, so they probably still are on Hulu or Amazon, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely, I don't know. If you watched Part 2 and you don't like Part 2, don't bother Part 3. But I think you would like Part 2 a lot. Gotcha. So, uh, yeah. I remember even they had like a Sleepaway Camp emergency kit. Like, um, it, that was like the DVD packaging to like bring the whole franchise right before they brought back the franchise with Return to Sleepaway Camp. It was a really neat uh, DVD case. Like, I feel with Blu-rays, they don't try very hard with, with the cases, but for DVDs, some companies did do some creative shit. Right? Like, I, Am I wrong in saying that you don't see that that much with Blu-rays? No, I would agree completely. I mean, it seemed that they just wanted to say, like, okay, we know we fucked around with DVDs a lot, but here, here's just a whole bunch of shit you're going to be able to throw on a shelf, and everything will be the same size, everything will be excuse, the same shape, everything will be able to sit in there and not interfere with your collection. And, and I'll say this, as a collector, I appreciate the hell out of that. The only Blu-ray that really sticks out poorly in my collection is uh, the Omen collection. It's like it's an extra like inch taller, so I have to like kind of shove it in the back horizontally. I don't like it. I, I, no, I mean to give you it, to give you an example, I have a box set of the the Bourne movies before the the last one came out with Matt Damon. Um, okay. Except it's not a box; they made it like a dossier kind of thing. Oh. Which is really cool looking when you have it on a shelf until you try to put it in with the rest of your movies and then it doesn't fit at all. And because it's sideways, you have no idea what the fuck it is. Like, so if people are looking through it, they're like, what the fuck is this? Uh, I've got a uh, The Dark Knight trilogy DVD box set. It's really cool. It's boxed. It looks like a book almost. But uh, yeah, again, it doesn't fit anywhere with the rest of my shit. Yeah. So 
Yes, I can appreciate what they did with Blu-rays at the same time, uh, lamenting the fact that they got rid of, like, you know, the Transformer DVD case that was shaped like Optimus Prime's head or the, uh, you know, the Rubik's Cube DVD, that kind of stuff, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) I'll say one of the worst, like, it was a great design if you just wanted to display it, but it was horrendous if you just wanted to put it, like, on a shelf and group it with things. Do you remember, like, the Simpsons when they started, like, shaping them with the round... Like, they made it into a Simpsons head, a Simpsons character head each time. Yeah. So it had, like, a rounded top. It was horrible. Like, they were great to look at, but horrible in practicality. Ah, I I didn't like that. I have a Christopher Nolan set that does not fit that well. It's not horrible, but it doesn't fit that great, and that has... I don't think it, it didn't have the third Batman movie, so it actually came out right when that movie was in the theater. So it has like Inception, Memento, um, Insomnia. Yes, I was gonna say the one Pacino. Yeah, and the fir- the first two uh, Batmans. So it was it was a good set, and I have. The probably the worst box I have it was also simultaneously one of the cooler ones is the Wizard of Oz like 75th anniversary. Mm-hmm. It's like this big. It's probably the size of like two DVDs next to each other, but super thick as well. It's got all these goodies in it. It's awesome box set if you like Wizard of Oz. It's definitely worth getting when it's on sale. It has like the original, like, it has like a, a not the original. It has like a, a copy though of like the original like prop list and stuff in it. It's just like it's cool if you're a film person. Gotcha. Yeah, definitely. So, but all right. Um, with that, I think uh, we kind of wrapped up eighty slashers. Want to tackle the uh, two movies of the month and wrap this shit up. Yeah, right. So we went with, uh, I guess we could say, sensory deprivation for uh, the theme this month. One of them was uh, Quiet Place, pretty successful theatrical release. And the other one we talked about was uh, Bird Box, uh, which had just come out, which was a pretty successful Netflix release. So overall, what did you think about the, the two of them? I'm glad that you actually said sensory deprivation because I, I'm i still curious if anybody else even thought about that or if they thought I just picked two random movies. I really don't know if people actually put any thought into that whatsoever. Well, considering that you and I were the only ones who did it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. That probably not. <laughs> All right. So you and I, we've talked about A Quiet Place. We yeah. were both fans of it. it like I, I feel like there's not much more for us to I think, say. Yeah, I think we're pretty much on board when it comes to A Quiet Place. Yeah, yeah. It's a good movie. We're looking forward to what they try with the sequel. Uh, hopefully it's a new story and not a continuation. That's um, where we're at. Now, Bird Box... <sighs> I, I was excited about Bird Box. I'd seen the previews before it came out. Super excited. Liked the cast. And then it came out. And I, it came out right around Christmas time. And I didn't see it. And then all of a sudden I'm hearing all this shit. Like Bird Box challenges. 
and next thing I know is like this internet sensation, and it made me like really leery of watching well, it. I don't trust it. Not only that, know? but like at the same time, I start hearing a whole bunch of shit, like how it's anti-male, blah blah blah. Uh, you know, so it was like it hit big, and then all of a sudden, like all I'm hearing is controversy over, you know, like this is, uh, you know. Uh, Sandra Bullock and Sarah Paulson were, it was, you know, a feminist agenda. and but So I was like, Jesus Christ, can we just get a movie out there just to enjoy without offending somebody somehow? Did did you feel that it had a feminist vibe? Because I didn't. No, really. you know what? I was watching it and I'm like, you know, maybe a, a twinge, you know, just in like the, the doctor's appointment. But that's perfectly situated for the the characters. I mean, it wasn't like they were trying to, you know, do some kind of underlying scoring here. And, uh, and this was definitely one of those ones where it was just people spinning shit to spin shit to either get their 15 minutes of fame or just to be haters because haters got to hate. There's always going to be that contrarian group that just fucking gets off on being oh I don't like this because I'll never say that line that you said I I, I just can't I can't say that <laughs> phrase I, I can't I, I can't but it, yeah it's the contrarian group of people that are like oh this is popular let me go watch it nitpick the shit out of it and then come up with some radical ideas about why it sucks and see how many people will side with me I this happens all the fucking time. This, I don't know. I thought Bird Box was good. I thought I thought Malkovich was really good. I was surprised, you know. For well, I'll, I'll get into it as we go along. But yeah, I was really surprised by how good it was. It was a good movie. Right. Like, it, all right. So, did you watch it? You watched it recently, like. After like we decided that this was going to be the f- the movie, like, yeah, you I didn't want to say mid February. Yes. Okay. So, uh, yeah, like I don't know. I I don't. I'm not going to sit here and say it was the greatest horror movie or anything, but for a new movie, it's one of the better n- newer horror films I've seen. It was an interesting idea. Uh, I I guess the big thing I want to tackle is what the hell. Are we like I, I ask in the blog like what we're supposed to make of the evil whatever like I don't know what what is your take on that you know it's I I don't I don't have a an answer you know like it would be real easy to say something like um what was the dude's name uh, the one who is writing the book who worked in the grocery store oh okay yeah. I, I can't think of his name at the moment because I don't have it up, but I know who you're talking about. Yeah, you know, he's about. talking yeah. about how all all these cultures have, you know, stories about demons or devas or rakshasas or whatever you want to call them. But, um, you know, I don't understand why, you know, the majority of the people would be driven to murder themselves and then there would be people that seem almost normal but driven to show the other people, you know, and those people don't su- seem to suffer any kind of effects from... But, uh, I mean, again, since it's a one-off and I don't really see them making a sequel, I, I, you know, sometimes you don't need to have it explained. 
you know, you just you just roll with it and go with it. Like I think, <laughs> like I was joking around. And I said this was the opposite side of the U.S. from the happening. But I think you know, if the happening had just ended, and they hadn't said, "Oh, it's the plants," you know, people were just dying. You don't know why, and then all of a sudden it stops. Yeah, I think that would have been scarier than saying, "Oh, the plants are taking back the earth." Yeah, that was that was a bad time to be a fan of M Night Shyamalan, no doubt. <laughs> um, I didn't realize the Machine Gun Kelly was in this. It, was he the thin dude that was hitting that was hooked up with Lucy? Uh, yes. You know what? That's great because I thought he was a douchebag in the movie, and I really just don't like him in real life. So, kudos for casting him in that role. I guess I love BD Wong, but I I don't know. It wasn't like the best role, but I really liked his role in it. Um, but yeah, to go back, I mean, just Jackie Weaver. You know, I don't remember her from like maybe more than six or seven years ago, but. She's been in a whole bunch of shit too, like you said, BD Wrong, Little Rel, Tom Hollander. That guy's been uh, killing it all over the place too. Uh, Rosa Salazar's in that new. Was it called Adelita? Yeah, she was in Adelita Battle Angel. Yeah, like Tom Hollander was just in um, the Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah, I mean, so like, yeah, they they uh, they they had a really good cast for. Yeah. Sarah Paulson's huge. Uh, I, I still don't understand why she's so popular. And I'm an American Horror Story fan, so I'm still saying I don't understand her popularity. But I like her. I just don't think she's as good as the hype is. Um, tr- I, I thought for standout people, uh, Lil Rel Howery, and I, I thought he was probably the, the guy who played Charlie. I thought he was probably the standout performer in in this for like what he had to work with. Yeah. I really like the guy who played Tom too. I was like Yeah. I don't know if I've seen him in much. I, I remember I've been I, in a bunch okay. of stuff that I well I won't say a bunch, but a couple things that I've wanted to see like um Moonlight, which I haven't just gone around to see, Twelve Strong. I've I've heard mixed things on the Predator, so I'm not sure, you know. But uh, yeah, I gotta see the Predator. I have to. I don't. It'll probably disappoint me, but I have to see it. But I liked it a lot. You know, I think my favorite line from him was when she's like, "She's like, where were you when you was younger?" She's like, or, or she was like, "I could have been. I could have been your, your uh, babysitter." He's like, "Yeah, my hot babysitter." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that was good. And Sandra's still pulling up. Like she's still, still uh holding up on the looks department good for her i like the fact that she's willing to go out and do things that aren't in just her um in her wheelhouse you know which aren't in her cup of tea not not to make not to be sad sappy or romantic comedy yeah like like when she went out and did the proposal you know and that was you know the comedy that she hadn't done in a long time or then when she went and did um what was the uh the heat and then doing something like this, like I don't, if I recall correctly, she's never done a scary movie before, so. No. It. Just, just random question here. What's your favorite Sandra Bullock role? <sighs> I got a couple. 
I don't know if I can. I, I liked her a lot in, in Speed. You know, that was the one where. That was the big one. Yeah. Yeah. But I liked her a lot in Judge Dredd, which was before that. Not Judge Dredd, um. Uh, the. The one that Sylvester Stallone and Wesley Snipes. Demolition. Yes, man. thank you. I liked her a lot in Demo- And I still wonder, want to know how you used the three shells. Um. But I, I I liked her a lot in the blind side too. You know, I wasn't expecting that. But uh, you know, I like uh, to see a happy true life story every once in a while compared to, you know, how depressing most of the time the real world is. Yeah. Uh I mean I I'd have speed and I uh, although she was in a film with Titans she still held her own in A Time to Kill. Yeah, I forgot if she was in that. But yes, that was another good one. Like, there's so many good actors, and the fact that she was able to just hold her own in that film was good enough for me. That that was a great movie. I thought, uh, I'll say that I thought Gravity was a little overrated. I know some people have a huge heart on for it. I haven't seen it. But that's uh, also like one of the reasons why I don't want to be a spaceman. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> uh, what'd you think about, like, did you like the idea that she just called it boy and girl? Like, were you okay with that? <laughs> that was like, like the part of me that, you know, looks around when, you know, somebody does something completely hard and fucking cold in a movie and you're like, yeah, that's fucking gangsta. Yeah, part of me was okay with that, but, like, the father part of me, I'm like, that's fucking... She's just, like, getting ready for these kids to die. Yeah, I I feel that she just chose not to give them a name because it was easier to... Yeah. Which, yo, I didn't like the... I didn't like the Olympia character at first, but I liked Olympia by the time that she got got. Yeah. I mean, I could understand what they were doing with her, but at the same time, I wanted to be like, she's like, oh, promise me you'll take care of my daughter or my kid. No, promise me you'll stay alive so you're not going to fucking make me drag around a, you know, a kid. Yeah. Yeah. And, all right, so the rapid scene. I still struggle with the idea. I, I know that you're supposed to stay blindfolded, and, and the, I guess this is from my lack of understanding what exactly it is, but I, I just feel it's impossible to navigate that that stretch of the river blindfolded. I just it doesn't make sense to like it just feels like you're you're waiting to flip your boat over, crack your skull on a rock, and die. I feel like I would take the risk. Yeah. Uh... I don't know. I mean, I... Like, why can't people just walk around looking at the ground? uh, Right, alright. So that's what I was trying to figure out, like... I mean, do these things come up, like, underneath you? (laughs) Like, do they scarred Are are they spiritual? Like, do they... uh, uh, I know we don't need to know, and that's actually part of the appeal of the movie. And that... Actually, the saving grace because if we actually knew more about what it was, I think we'd be nitpicking the shit out of it. But because we don't know, they can get away with so many things that they don't necessarily have to explain. Yeah, like I mean, it's smart. I mean, if you didn't have like 
that burlap sack shit she was putting over her head. Could you do like a piece, what, a piece of toilet paper? <laughs> I mean, yeah. Well, why can they look at each like? Why can they look at each other? My my thought is if they can look at each other underneath blanket, or they can look at each other in the blind sanctuary there, then. If they're on the river and nobody else is around, could they look around? Yeah, I'm going it's, to say yes. I mean, it's it's like a, again, it's like with a quiet place though. Like, I mean, I I don't imagine these things are like every fucking where. Right. Yeah. You you would think that they're not. Yeah. So I mean, right. like, if they're out in the middle, if nobody's living out there and you're out in the middle of fucking nowhere, why would one of these things just be fucking wandering around? Oh look, guys. So who knows? But yes, again, like you said, it's one of those things where you can nitpick the shit out of it if you really want to. And, and I mean, I, I liked your response. Like, would you really? I see. I think I would take the guy on the radio. I, I would. I would take him up on his offer because, like, it's either a death trap or it's going to be a sanctuary. But either way, it's over. I, I feel it's over if you choose just to go out surviving on your own with boy and girl. At least you have a chance, a percentage, of finding a sanctuary if you listen to Strange Man on radio. So I... It's a tough call. I mean, you're taking the gamble, but I, I feel that you're better off taking that gamble unless you're a really good survivalist. Yeah, who knows? I mean... With a, like stuff like that it's hard to sell without being able to take it all in the context like how many people are left alive how many people have gone crazy what's the percentage of people who are left alive have gone crazy what are the percentage of people who are still normal yeah you can't really do much analytics without any information and you got to protect these two freaking kids I mean like something like the road where you can tell everybody's just going to eventually die because the planet's dying yeah, anybody right. you meet is going to be in bad shit. But something like this where, like, are 50% of the people left alive normal, 50% the crazies, or 90% of the crazies, in which case, yeah, it becomes much more meaningful to find, you know, uh, a sanctuary than it is, you know, if, you know, hey, the crazies are all going to get killed off eventually, and then, you know, it's just hide your eyes when you go around scavenging, you know, blah, 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 so... Right. Um, with a quiet place. And I, I did ask the question. I really wish we had more people that would respond. Because my one question I would have liked to have gotten more answers is which scenario, which film scenario would you rather be in? I think you and I disagreed on that one. Uh, no, I think we both um, did we? agreed. Did we? Uh, where the hell was it? Oh, yeah, we did both yeah. go Bird Box. I, a quiet place. I, I just feel that you're bound to sneeze, and as soon as you sneeze, you're dead. Yeah, I mean, I I can't help but thinking there are places you could live where these things couldn't get to, and it would, you would just have to be going out, you know, super fucking quiet when you go into your scavenging or whatever. But, uh, but yeah, like, like I think about like what it would be like like in a zombie fucking apocalypse with my son you know where i can't control him you know from making noise or whatever you know i can't 
I couldn't get through to him, you know, hey, you need to be quiet, buddy. Or how would you do that with a baby, you know? Right, you you couldn't. So unless you're a super ultimate ass kicker who can just fucking mow down, like, hordes of zombies and shit. Yeah, something where you could be like, hey, worst case scenario, I put fucking handcuffs on you when we go outside so you leave your fucking blindfold on without removing it. Or I wrap you in a sheet and throw you in my fucking backpack <laughs> so you can't look at right. Yeah. You at least have options in Bird Box. Yeah. I don't feel you're... Because <sighs> clear your throat, take a cough, take a sneeze. Fart. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, you are going to make noise. Like, it's part of being a human being. Even Joey learned that in Nightmare on Elm Street 3. So, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it, it's just... Uh, Bird Box is the more tenable uh, situation. One other thing I was wondering with Bird Box. All right, so BD Wong was looking at through the camera, and he still went crazy. Mm -hmm. So that that was confusing to me because I thought the camera thing was going to work. You, you know what I mean? That seems to me to tell me that it was probably something more supernatural than like scientific. Yeah, yeah, that I, which, I think they actually included that just to be like, no, you can't can't do that either. We're just going to kind of cross out all possibilities. Yeah, which was smart, I'll say. Um, my other question would be, all right, say B D Wong didn't manage to tip his chair over and break his neck. How long do you continue fucking trying to kill yourself if, if you're restrained like that? Is it like every single chance you get after that, you're just trying to off yourself? Or like, say, for example, they could you detox somebody? Ooh. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah we don't know about, you know, curing the, the whatever, so to speak. Yeah. That's an interesting question. I'd rather answered that question than some. My questions for this blog were terrible because there, I felt like there was limited questions. I liked both movies, but when I had to put make questions, it was actually difficult to come up with questions for. for it, these it probably two would films. have worked better if we hadn't talked so much about Quiet Place last time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, my bad. That's <laughs> okay. Well. Uh, speaking of which, I mean, unless you have something else to add to it, we could probably go on and announce what next month's stuff's going to be. Right, the only thing I'll say is I enjoyed both movies and I was glad we did it. You know, I was glad I watched Bird Box. Yeah, I was glad, like, doing this forced me to watch Bird Box. Otherwise, I probably would have put it off for another year or two. So I was happy that I did it. I, I liked both movies. I, I really have no complaints and... Uh, I would like to see more, like, more original horror. Like, both of these felt very original to me. Yeah, I'm going to say that uh, I haven't seen a ton, but most of the horror, the independent horror I've seen on Netflix, the stuff that they've done themselves, I've really enjoyed. Yeah, I, I, I would agree with that. So. All right. Uh, so, uh, basically... We kind of decided before the podcast uh, what we're going to be doing for the month of March. And 
since we're seemingly the only two that's really going balls deep into this, we're going to start just kind of being like the NWO taking over this shit. Yeah, Got to go balls just, deep into something, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My love doll's just so morally deflated. I can't even hide one from my kid. I gotta be careful. <laughs> Fantastic. All right, so what did you pick for the March's films? Uh, we are doing uh, Sinister and Sinister 2, which I think you said you've never seen. I have not seen all of... I've seen probably... 10-15 minutes of Sinister 2 and I was like no I don't want to watch it because I came in like like 30 minutes into the movie and I was I, I, I refused to do that on a first viewing because I wanted so, to see so it So Sinister 1 if anybody's following along with us and wants to do it you're going to have to find on your own but Sinister 2 right now is on HBO Go if you have it uh, to watch it, Realistically if you're a horror fan I would say I'm actually surprised. I don't own Sinister on DVD or Blu-ray. You know, I have, I have The Conjuring, all of the ones out so far. I have the, what was the other one that came out before that? The fourth one just came out with Lee. Uh, Lee. Was oh. Um, Insidious? Yes, thank you. I have that. I don't have Sinister. So I, I was like, I'm really surprised because I enjoyed that one a lot. And then, uh, what were we doing for our top picks again? Oh, Supernatural Horror. From the 2000s. From the 2000s on. To go along with Sinister. <laughs> yeah, I'm... There's so many... I, like, I have so many ideas. I, For me, it's a matter of just checking the dates on certain things, because... Yeah, I, ha I have a bunch of things in mind. Uh, yeah, I have a feeling I'm, for me this is going to be a top ten. Yeah, yeah... Was the others in two thousands? I think. I it think was. it was. I'm excited. I, I love the others. So that yeah, no, I don't know if that's going to be my number one, but it's going to be high. There's, I know there's a lot of them that I really liked. I mean, yeah, two thousand one. I think that the scariest movie, the, well, at least the, the movie that scared me the most, that I yep, yep, two thousand two, gave me fucking nightmares. <laughs> Oh shit! Uh, yeah, I, I'm excited because you know if people participate, I'm really kind of curious to see. It's always fun to see what people interpret. Like, uh, you know, obviously we didn't agree on Evil Dead Two being a slasher, but you know, it's still it's fun to see what other people come up with. Yeah, I would be really interested, like, if she would be willing to explain, like why she chose that. I, my guess is that she just really, really, really likes Bruce Campbell. Or she couldn't, that, or she couldn't think of anything. <laughs> I, mean. I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know, but, uh, yeah, this is probably definitely going to be a top 10. And I mean, just off the top of my head, like conjuring's going to count, right? Yep. All right. And Insidious would... I don't like Insidious. Insidious is not going to appear on my fucking list, I'm going to say. But that would count. Um, whew. I, I'm probably going to go with a lot of, like, lesser-known movies, I, I'm thinking. 
I might stay steer pretty clear from from most of the big ones. I'm curious what your the one is that gave you nightmares. I think we've talked about it before. I don't want to I don't want to blow it though. But I, I watched it when I was in the military, and I couldn't go to sleep that night. I, I had to be up at five o'clock in the morning for for a PT, and I couldn't sleep that entire fucking. I was so tired the next day. <laughs> I watched. I was like, "All right, this is one of those movies." I am, uh, and ninety percent of the movie, I was like, "This, I don't understand what the whole all the hype is." Wait, Wait I, let me ask you one question: Was it based off of an Asian film? Yes. Okay. Uh, see, there's two of them, and I, I could see you going with either one. It was probably the second but, one, not the first one. Yeah, it's not. It's not the ring, right? No, it was the ring. Oh, it is the yeah, ring. The, the grudge didn't get me. See, the grudge I found creepier, but I thought the ring was just a complete film. And uh, yeah, I watched. Yeah. I watched ninety percent of the ring. I was like, I don't understand why anybody is fucking. And then that girl came out of the fucking TV, and I was like, Holy shit! I'm not going to sleep tonight. <laughs> Oh, and it was one of those things too where I was like it was relatively late at night I was in the room by myself I had all the lights off and like I couldn't get to my light to fucking turn it on fast enough I wanted to be I wanted to fucking flip my TV over (laughs) (laughs) that I I saw that in the theater and we'll, we'll talk more about it next month but I oddly enough I'll leave this on a cliffhanger Nothing that you're probably going to say is the scene that I found to be the, the scariest in the movie. I mean, let's put it like this. I haven't rewatched it since I watched it that one time. Oh, wow. Yeah. I've probably watched it like ten times. Like, I, I, ha- I would put The Ring in my top five horror films all time. That's how highly regarded The Ring is for me. Yeah. So. Also... Cause I just looked up like 2002 horror movies. Amps. That was a really great year. You had the original Cabin Fever, Ghost Ship, which sucked, but had that great opening death scene. 28 Days Later, Juwan, uh, May, Dog Soldiers, Resident Evil. Oh, fucking Dog Soldiers. I love that movie. Nobody fucking ever watched it. Yeah. Uh, they, Eight-Legged Freaks, Fear.com, which sucked, but still watched it. Did you? Like, let me ask you this: about Did you feel let down by they? Oh, one hundred percent, because that was Wes Craven, and yeah. Oh, Jesus, the two thousand two may be the great. This is ridiculous. Halloween Resurrection, uh, the original, The Eye, uh, Queen of the Damned, which I didn't like, but a lot of people do. Signs, Mothman Prophecies, which kind of freaked me the fuck out. You know, that uh, was that was a... I, my cousin actually worked on that, but uh, that was a great movie where they, they just got the tone. They fucking completely got the tone of that movie. And uh, it wasn't necessarily super scary, but like the... The eerie tone made that whole thing like you never knew what the fuck was going to happen. For me, that movie scares scared the piss out of me. Not in like not that I sat there and I jumped or not in the fact that I was scared, but it hit in the back of my mind of 
That is one of the worst things that I don't ever, ever, ever want to experience. Like, not that I want to experience getting chased by Jason Voorhees, but the practicality of being on a bridge and it collapsing. Mm-hmm. That is really one of my biggest, most realistic fears. Yeah. Like, uh, I, I don't know. I always have an issue. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to keep going here, but I always have an issue with when you have some idiot say, oh, well, drowning's supposed to be a really peaceful death. Yeah, I think we've already brought this up. <laughs> what a way to circle around back to the beginning. Fucking amateur hours, man, with, with that shit. Just bothers me, but oh, Rose Red was two thousand two. Yeah, two thousand two. Like I'm looking at this, I'm going to go out on a limb and say this was the best year of the two thousands for horror movies. I don't think I'm going to find anything that has fifteen to twenty deep. Uh, I, I I think there are a couple that might be able to to maybe like two thousand seven, two thousand. I would have to go through and look. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I, that's exactly what I'm doing after this podcast. I'm gonna just type in each year just to see. But like, I don't, Red Dragon, I don't know if I consider that horror. I always go back and forth on that franchise. Do you consider that stuff horror or not? Mm, no, I mean, I, I would say, th- see, that's I would say that there exists like thriller com- exists as a genre completely separate from horror, but they can cover the same ground a lot. I, I would I would agree with that. That makes sense. Alright. We should wrap this up. Right, yeah, that sounds good. I think we had a pretty good discussion tonight. Uh, internets, I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, yeah. When are we going to be coming back with this next one? Um. Well, looking on... You know, it'd be nice uh, to do it probably right in the beginning of April. Actually, if we do it like the first week of April, that may give me a good excuse to rewatch April Fool's Day. So, all right, sounds good. Be about a month. <laughs> yeah, and we'll have more stuff on NineDeuce.com. Um, yeah, there's a lot. Of, there's a ton of stuff at NineDeuce.com, and there's going to be more stuff coming. I'm not just saying that. I really actually plan on adding a ton more content coming up. I'm just trying to arrange things a little bit better. So keep visiting the site and leave a comment. If you like our podcast, if you're like on iTunes or Google Podcast, like us, subscribe to us, leave comments, whatever. Let us know if you like us. Let us know if you secretly dislike Chris. That's okay. Or if you really hate me and find me annoying. That's okay. I mean, but let us join know. Join the club. <laughs> right. Uh, I mean, I'm self-loathing, so it's okay. I get it. So, that's all I got. Yep. Have a good one, guys.